Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. My co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we're still learning how to tech with Beige. Hey, Beige, how's it going? Not bad. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Last time we spoke, you gave us an anecdote about a woman who was a technical writer and she was able to actually pick up the skills necessary to learn how to program. In terms of the transferable skills, once people have identified that, I imagine it gets harder from here. Is that safe to say? Or Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The whole process is hard. A lot of the advertising you see for learning resources, like programming is easy. Anyone can do it. And while it's true that anyone can do it, It is absolutely not true that it is easy. Programming is not easy. If someone tells you it's easy, they're lying to you. This stuff is hard. There is a reason people get paid a lot. Yeah. I imagine that like, you know, it's probably like a selling tactic, right? Like people are saying that it's easy so that you download it and this will, you'll totally understand it. But like it can get really difficult. There are just like a lot of things and depending on the language complexity and how to do certain things. Right. And I feel like there's, I've definitely seen those resources where it's like, learn Java in two days or five days or 30 days or like a month or two months. And, but like, yeah, like you can maybe learn syntax in a weekend if you're like, you know, on the ball and you have the context of a different language, but it doesn't really help me if I learn Java, but I'm programming Java, like I would program Python, like there's kind of a idiomatic way to do it. That takes a long time to internalize and like help from other resources and a broader community to internalize. Yeah, finding the online resources, reading through them, getting the information in your head is kind of the, and this is a dangerous word to say in education, but it could be argued that that is the quote, easy unquote part. (laughs) But getting to a point where you can actually build an application yourself from scratch, most of the time I quote people like minimum two years, which sounds absolutely terrifying, but it's two years assuming that you're not doing this full-time kind of thing. It assumes that you're on the ball and that you don't have a ton of transferable skill already, but it takes a long time because it's not just learning the language. It's learning how do you build an application? What are the tools? How do I share code with people? How do I put my website up on the internet? All these kinds of things. There's a whole bunch of additional information you need to learn. And that can be a point of frustration for people because they're like, I built the code. Why can't I get it out there? Like, (laughs) it's hard, man. Yeah. And like, that's also something that you might be able to get away with not knowing in your first job. Like, to start from scratch like is a really specific skill that's separate from like just writing the code and iterating on a base that's already there and repeating patterns and you know collaborating with people like if there's a blank canvas that's very intimidating and that's like how a lot of people are learning yeah and that's a particularly more difficult point for people who are not going through traditional education systems to learn Because when you go to university, you get that piece of paper that 
gives you a lot of clout already, and the reliance on your portfolio is less. But if you're self-taught, your portfolio is where all of your credibility is going to come from. And you can't just have someone go, oh, here's a project that you can use for your portfolio, just edit it kind of thing. Like That's not going to fly. You're going to have to start from scratch. It's a more difficult path. And it's even like in programming, like how to organize your portfolio, right? Like using GitHub is like a whole other like set of skills that you would have to learn so that people can visit your GitHub and see how you're using your time and learning or building these projects, right? Like I spend some time mentoring individuals from the Bronx and today actually it was you know they he was like hold on one second because i just learned about react and everything is great but i don't understand why i need to do git branches right i don't understand why i need to branch out my code i'm working with the team and we just all push in the same in the same branch right i'm like no 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 you don't want to do that there's like all this different etiquette that has to happen to make code easier no man they're just doing trunk-based development yeah (laughs) they're like a level above yeah, no, Bobby wanted to do trunk-based development, but the team lead, I guess, wanted to do GitFlow. So I had to explain what GitFlow was and all this other stuff. And Bobby thought that when he had to create a branch, he had to create a branch for every file that he was changing and then ask for a pull request. And like, like this whole bit that's outside of programming, right? Like Bobby has an understanding of React and JavaScript and knows what the semicolon does and the programming language or whatnot. But then Git becomes this whole other sea of things that that person has to learn. Right. It's really like the collaboration. Like how do you, like working as a single person, just like fire hosing crap into your local machine and maybe making a commit or not. And then like, how do you scale it up? Yeah. And it was like great opportunity for this person to learn. But like, I then realized like, oh man, I have to, let me get ready to explain what Git is because it's such a massive thing that one would need to learn to collaborate with other developers. But it's not a programming language, but it's a thing that we do every day. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought up Git as an example. Consistently, without fail, our Git and GitHub classes are by far the most popular classes we do. Because no one covers that. They just kind of assume you know it already. And people are like, I don't know what the hell this is. I need to open a terminal now and what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's. I mean, I've seen the Git GUI on a Windows machine and that makes me want to run to a terminal, which is hilarious. But I couldn't imagine, you know, if I had a GUI 12 years ago, I probably would have used it. Because it was just like so, like the terminal's intimidating. But that's another thing you have to learn. Sometimes a GUI is cool, but like, yeah, I'm I'm back in the GUI. Sometimes I use my IntelliJ. Yeah. Do some commits. Oh, yeah, those are great. Just like do a little clickerino, boom, 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 add it. Do a little type. Good diff. Yeah. Keyboards never leave. Pretty good. But, you know, like there's like the fundamentals that are more helpful to learn from the command line that like are abstracted away when you're like looking at it from a different angle in the the GUI or what have you. So that's something that my students kind of hate me for a little bit, especially when I'm teaching Java. I'll teach them how to compile on the command line. And then after the first four or five classes, I'll be like, oh, here's IntelliJ. And they're like, what? We didn't have to do this? <laughs> oh, my god! And I'll be like, well, yeah, but now when you don't have IntelliJ, you know how to do this with just Java. And they're like, 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess. And then you get the ruler out and you smack their knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> this pain is helping you. <laughs> Dave has an instructor. No way. <laughs> I didn't start a meetup. <laughs> Nobody joined my community. I can see why. Y'all here banging people's knuckles. <laughs> pain is ignorance leaving the body. Yeah, it's... It's the best of a modern programming education with a Catholic school education from the 1950s. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, transferable skills, learning beyond just the programming language. There's a whole lot. It is not easy. And that kind of brings up another point of once you get past the point where you know some language, you've got the tools to kind of build a standalone project. Then comes like this big, almost existential moment of terror for people learning of, okay, what kind of engineer do I want to be? Because now they're like, cool, I know how to write code. I know how to build an application. But now that I'm trying to figure out jobs, I'm like, oh, man, there's all these different job titles. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> and then the specialization of knowledge is necessary. And that... It's basically a whole nother journey all over again, which can be a little daunting. But we try to inform people about that early on, like, hey, check out this website, roadmap.sh. Here's a few different career paths you can go down and all the items you need to learn. And that can be a little daunting, but most people take it pretty well because it lays out a path or at least options of paths. Right, because you can specialize, you know, on the front end if you want with, you know, your favorite JavaScript framework, whichever one's available as you're listening to this. You can then or go the back end route using JavaScript or whatever framework's available. But the idea is that like different parts of the stack is treated differently and you get to, you know, experience whether you want to be a full stack developer. If DevOps is your thing and you want to be able to do that, that's a whole other journey that people can start after learning how to program or while they're learning how to program. I'm looking at this website, roadmap.sation. It's pretty fun. Yeah, me too. This is great. This is a great resource. Roadmap.sh. Definitely props to the folks who put that together. We use it all the time. And our second popular class is Survey of Technology, where we basically cover what kinds of engineers can you become? What kinds of skills will you learn? What kinds of business aspects will you be responsible for as this kind of engineer? And then we kind of go through the different roadmap paths and be like, you would become responsible for this. This is what this means kind of stuff. And at that point, people, after learning a little bit of programming and then getting this information, then things really start to come together to people and they can kind of start seeing the light at the start of the new tunnel, <laughs> as it were. And it, that's like a really rewarding moment when people are like, I know what I want to do. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Although I'm I'm looking at this chart and like if I knew nothing on it, I would like be ready to scream and run away. <laughs> There's so much stuff on here. But like, you know, I, I will say like I'm looking at it and I'm not an expert in any like most of or like not most, but like a lot of these things. And you know, that's fine. But like I've also kind of learned how to learn and gotten comfortable with not knowing 
Yeah, I'm looking at the DevOps one specifically, and it's that scroll bar is kind of tiny. And you just keep on scrolling through the whole thing. And then at the very bottom of like, I saw it in the DevOps one and in the front end one, and I think we mentioned this in the previous episode, is there's a line that goes down and it says, keep learning. And then it just goes down and ends because that's what you will continue to do. Regardless of what programming language you start with, you will continue to learn as time goes on in whatever field you want to find yourself in, whether it's front end, backend, DevOps, and many others that are in roadmap.sh. This is pretty dope. It reminds me of like the War of the Warcraft skill tree. Like what kind of rogue do you want to be, right? Like do you want to be Bobby who pickpockets people all the time or do critical damage? Like how does that work? It's like pretty cool. I like this. This is like the skill trees for programming for real. Yeah, man, this is great. And if a person is the type who really enjoys learning, like who likes coming across something new and really wants to like get their hands in it and figure out exactly how it works. Software engineering is the way to go. I don't know. Granted, I'm a software engineer, so I'm a little biased, but I would argue that there's probably not many other professions that let you have that continuous learning experience as deeply as software engineering does. And oh man, it feels good when you're like, I can say I know React now. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they change it all and they add hooks. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know anything anymore. It's all garbage. I'm useless, but it's fine. And then you learn again, though. That's the thing. So, so you're constantly having to learn React hooks. It makes your life easier, supposedly. Every day waking up and being like, it's like memento. I'm like, I'm learning hooks all over again. Yeah, all over again. You got to check your tattoos. Like, oh, man, how do I do this? Use memo. What is happening? <laughs> Why would you do this? Yeah. But one day, someone will need to do some serious React archaeology. And you'll be like, wait, but I was programming back then. And I know all these patterns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. The class-based components. All of the event hooks. And then you'll go to make a change and realize you forgot all of it. Yeah. It's a, I'll just read the docs. It's fine. Reminds me of, there's a website that I read through now and again called The Codeless Code. It basically is a software production shop, kind of as a Zen monastery kind of thing going on. And they're talking about the different groups within the monastery, the different clans, I guess, within the monastery. It's obviously not a perfect metaphor that they do. But the... Or maybe they're not called clans, whatever. And one of them is the front-end group. I forget their exact name, but they say they are so skilled in the art of forgetting for when new technologies come that they can forget the old technologies. However, when you ask them, what about this art of forgetting? They say, there is no art of forgetting. If there was something so important and so useful, I would surely remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Fun little anecdote there. I love this. I, I kind of want like a book of these like little like myths of programming. <laughs> I'm telling you, the codelesscode.com, it is wonderful. Oh, maybe. Oh, hold up. Oh, forbidden. <gasps> no. Are we region blocked? No. Hold on. It worked early. No. 
We found we found out in real time. We found out in real time, people. I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> oh, somebody didn't pay their bill. Oh man. Okay. Well, like, let's go to the wayback machine, maybe. Oh, that's. Oh, I need to. I need to save all these. Oh God. Yes. Now. Sometimes when I feel like I'm a bad engineer, I just go back and read through this whole thing. Oh man. But yeah, I think that's something that I've done in the past is like, you know, I've had tech journals that I've written before and definitely have read things that I may have found that was confusing at the time that I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually know what that is now. And I think a combination of that and mentoring has helped me get over like the doubt or the imposter syndrome that may come up from time to time. It's like, I think with those little anecdotes helps me realize like, oh, I've grown over the years like you mentioned two years is a very long time but then you know if you look back two years you realize you've also grown as an engineer that way oh absolutely and you mentioned through that imposter syndrome or at least i think you did i don't know my memory is junk but yeah no i definitely did okay cool (laughs) so you mentioned imposter syndrome and I think many people learning programming, especially when they get their first job or even their first gig, will think, I have no idea what I'm doing. What's going to happen when they find out that I don't actually know what I'm doing? So first off, for many people who probably don't know, that is called imposter syndrome. And secondly, all of us have it. We have no idea what we're doing. We're just a bunch of stupid apes that tricked rocks into doing magic. (laughs) (laughs) And it's okay that you don't know how to do something right this moment. You will learn it. Your job is to learn things. And that's okay. You will figure it out. So have faith and confidence in the fact that you have learned a difficult thing and you can continue to learn difficult things to generate value for yourself or whomever. Yeah, I love the idea that everyone has imposter syndrome. I think we should do an episode of The Rabbit Hole where we just interview dozens of developers and just ask them one question. Like, do you have imposter syndrome? And then they just answer yes, and then we move on. Next person. (laughs) Get in here. (laughs) Well, tell us your imposter syndrome story. (laughs) Because everyone's going to have one. Yeah, totally. It looks like somebody took all of those quotes from the Codeless Code and put it in a GitHub repo. Oh, boy. You found the gem. (laughs) Oh, boy. Please share the link. We'll have it in the show notes. It will live on in in the GitHub repo, but also inside of all of us. Yes. Thank you, William. Until we forget. (laughs) Like. I was really having a moment of terror there. Like I was freaking out. I'm sure you guys can see all the other hosts on the video. This could see like my entire demeanor changed. (laughs) (laughs) Relief swept over him. (laughs) Yes. And if you know how to program, ladies and gentlemen, you too can start your own iteration of the Codeless Code website. That way, it'll live on forever. Do it for Beige. Beige almost had a heart attack on screen live. Right. He made it to the end of the podcast. But yeah, yeah. If anyone's taking his course, do him the solid. Make the codeless code work, please. Yeah, man. Do a PR. Last case was added five years ago. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, and I think, you know, with the knowledge that we picked up, whatever whatever programming language we have in mind, 
and our necessary Git skills would allow us to make that very PR so we can grow as engineers. Bish, you know, you have meetups and people go to learn how to code over at Code Soul. You have professionals like people who have programmed with many years of experience and like, how does that work? Do you have any tips for networking that could be socially distant friendly as well, I would add, or any other thoughts in that regard? Oh, absolutely. I would say that my fastest growth as an engineer was when I was in Los Angeles, I found a group called Community Hack Night. And we had people there from Google, from Netflix, all sorts of crazy places. And just not even entirely understanding what they were saying, but just sitting with some senior guys and listening and being like, okay, I'm going to Google this later. Okay, I'm going to Google this later, <laughs> was by far my fastest growth. Yeah, totally. There's something to be said for osmosis, right? Like, where it's like, I don't entirely know what's going on. But something's happening in my brain. <laughs> Definitely. Just surrounding yourself with smart people will make you smarter. <laughs> and the nice part is that some of the more skilled engineers will end up in some kind of senior role where they usually end up mentoring their team or kind of teaching their team how to do things. And they want to keep doing that. They want to practice that. And so they'll usually find some community. They'll find some social group. And even during the pandemic, there are various meetup groups that do things online. Like Code Soul, we still do events online now, even though we can't meet in person. You can brag. Go ahead. Y'all can meet in person. That's what's up. <laughs> no more than four at a time. <laughs> Be responsible, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a very exclusive community right now. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. If you can find some sort of online group, even if they're not in the same time zone, Code Soul is an example. Just finding people that you can talk with, that you can ask questions to. Sometimes you may, maybe in your learning path, you've gone off the beaten path, but you want to keep going in that direction. Maybe someone else who's senior can be like, oh, I know this obscure incantation to help you, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> it's absolutely useful. And then when you do, get to the point where you're searching for a job, if you've developed relationships with these more experienced engineers, they have watched you grow. They have watched you learn and they can vouch for your abilities and more importantly, your ability to learn, which can be a huge help when doing your job search. Totally. It's as much about who you know as what you know, as they say in the biz, I think. Some biz, somebody says that. The biz, yeah, they say it's some, some business there, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a business thing. Actually, definitely true in Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beige, how can people reach out? Let them know. So the best way, you can find our meetup group, Code Soul. We are a nonprofit. We have a Discord channel. I recommend you join it, even if you are not in South Korea. Right now, we're in an online community due to the pandemic. And even when we're not, we always welcome people who want to learn and teach and just be a part of our community. So feel free to join us. Awesome. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. 
On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. Thank you.